Wow, so much happening right now. We're very fortunate to have uh, with us today, Catherine Young, the Investment Director at Fidelity International. First time on the show. Good morning, Catherine. Morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm, you know, I'm excited, about, uh, excited about the news. It's a big news day for us, so we like nothing better. We also welcome Hao Hong, Chief Economist at Grow Investment Group. Good morning, Hao Hong. Uh, okay, let's kick off. Obviously, the big news is the SVP, and you know, other people might be missing the fact that another bank, uh, Signature Bank of New York, has also had trouble. Uh, I mean, the big question I think a lot of people are have is is about contagion. Is this uh, the beginning of something really, really scary, 2008 style? Even Catherine, uh, it's your first time on the show. Why don't you kick off? Yeah, there's an ongoing to debate about you know the domino effect of what's happened. So, you know, you could see on the bearish side of things if large deposits, so high net worth corporations, start pulling deposits from smaller regional banks that could have the systemic effect and that's really probably what the Fed was messaging uh, Sunday or overnight in terms of uh, their sort of desire to, to not bail SVB out but to put some kind of floor into the, into the market. On the flip side in terms of not causing a domino effect you could still see the VC or the tech ecosystem being somewhat pressured in terms of the funding and we've already seen the funding dry up so Andrew like an ongoing likely story which will result in further volatility especially as people are still questioning the Fed and what they're doing in terms of the tightening cycle. How hung? Uh, how are you feeling about this? Are you? Uh, is it time to panic, <laughs> or are things going to be containable? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's systemic right now. Um, obviously, uh, the regulators of the U.S. Uh, has already agreed to help uh, to put a backstop uh, in this whole uh, situation. Uh, I think, you know, over time, you know, people will discover, you know, for example, there, there could be some hiccups in the rescue. You know, for example, you know, when you pledge your bonds, right? And, you know, some much of the bonds is actually underwater. So how do you pledge those bonds at 100% face value, you know, to get a loan from the Fed? I mean, that remains to be seen. So there, there are details to be sorted out. Um, but I think for now, you know, market is happy that, you know, they see some kind of uh, resolution to the situation. I mean, one of the things that people have been talking about is the velocity at which this happened. I mean, you know, the buzz started going around on Thursday among people in the tech sector. Hey, there's a problem here. Get your money out. And then, you know, people went in. They all tried to, you know, they all put in their, their try to transfer the money out yeah. on Thursday night. And all, like, I mean, almost all of it. You know, usually it takes a long time, you know, a week, a couple of weeks for there to be a run on the yeah. bank to unwind. But this happened almost overnight. Yes. And then on the flip side, the FTC has moved in with lightning speed, you know, to That's try and right. recover. I mean, does, it, does this give you, I mean, uh, how, how is this different from past bank failures? Well, I think it's an idiosyncratic situation as well, you know, in the sense that um, the bank was trying to uh, use Goldman Sachs to sell, two point, I think, 2.2 billion US dollars worth of shares to replenish its capital base. And people take it as a sign of weakness. And also, you know, during the road show, you know, what I'm hearing is that, you know, Showing uh, the uh, the bank was hemorrhaging deposits, uh, and so people get concerned and really you know rush to to withdraw money. And you know, as you know, the bank run situation always happens when there is no confidence in the system, right? So I think that's what happened. But I think you know both parties, both sides, you know, moving very quickly. Uh, you know, the depositors moving quickly to withdraw cash, and I think the regulators moving quickly to rescue the bank. 
It, it's not just a uh, not just a U.S. story either. I mean, there's uh, the the bank has joint ventures, partners, uh, subsidiaries, whatever you know, however they're defined in the U.K. and China. Catherine, are you are yes. you keeping an eye on that situation as well with what's happening in in either the U.K. or China? Take your pick. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also what's really critical here is a lot of investors haven't seen full cycles, uh, so. In a market where you're seeing tighter interest rates and then lower assets, um, it's quite unusual. So even before this SVB event, what was key for us was really looking at the potential volatility, the argument around whether we would see a global recession or a soft landing. And there is still a lot of risk, and, and maybe this is potentially a catalyst. Uh, but what's interesting, again, is that China's at the other end of the spectrum from a policy perspective. And so it almost looks like, in theory, uh, the stars are aligned for China when it comes to both fiscally and monetary, where they're speaking, their balance sheet. Now we've seen the sort of the the final MPC verdict and the, the policy direction, inflation is under pressure. So we still think that China, relatively speaking, is likely to outperform. Mm, okay. And uh, do you, are you looking at the China exposure to the SVP situation? I mean, I guess for, for China, I mean, they've got, what, a $3 billion bank partnership with the Shanghai Pudong Development Bank. So not really a big deal for China per se, right? They have come out and said that uh, their division isn't going to be impacted or it's going to be a very minimal impact. And it was only about three or four weeks ago, you actually saw some messaging coming out from the senior government officials about really ensuring that bankers or the banking system in China doesn't go down this kind of situation. So it's always um, uncanny or ironic that this messaging came out just before the SBB situation. Mm. Yeah. How, how, Hong, how do, you, how do you see this whole situation impacting this side of the world? Yeah, I, I talked to some of the uh, Chinese investors who may have um, a, a bank account with the SBB. You know, after all, you know, there are many Chinese uh, VC uh, companies, venture capital companies, uh, active in the U.S. investing. Uh, so many of them, you know, just telling that, you know, um, some of them has already withdrawn money. And, and I think some of them are just waiting for the resolution. But overall, uh, you know, the sentiment is very calm. Uh, and also, you know, people have sort of confidence in the U.S. regulators. Because after all, uh, this is a, a very different situation uh, that uh, SSVB was facing in the sense that, you know, it's holding a lot of uh, liquid, very highly liquid uh, U.S. treasury bonds, right? So it makes uh, selling down the assets to repay the money much, much more uh, easier uh, than, say, Lehman Brothers. Uh, so I think you know, most people are very calm and, and also, you know, over the weekend, you know, with the new development uh, and also the market, how the market reacts to the, to the announcement, uh, you know, telling us that, you know, um, the market is trying to put this episode behind it. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm seeing a couple of different sectors, uh, high-tech as an in internet-type uh, companies, but also uh, Chinese biotech. Uh, apparently, a lot of them had their, had their holdings there, including a lot that are listed in Hong Kong. Uh, right now, should we be watching for announcements from biotech and uh, tech companies on the Hang Seng Index that, that you know, should be explaining today how much exposure yeah. they have or don't yeah. have? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if companies are uh, sort of, you know, concerned about how the market is seeing their, uh, their status, then they may choose to make some announcement. But I think overall, um, you know, people are more focusing on, you know, what's going on in the Chinese market, right? So the Hong Kong market is an offshore Chinese market that is focusing on, on the Chinese fundamental. And I think over the weekend, uh, you know, with a huge announcement, you know, besides the SVB news, uh, there's a huge announcement about Yi Gang being the uh, PBOC governor uh, for the time being, right? So, you know, that is the... Uh, uh, a new 
that is being welcomed by the market. You know, people, people see Yigang as a steady hand, and, and I think over the past couple of years, especially uh, during the uh, pandemic, you know, how he handled the monetary policy in China, and, and most people give him a lot, a lot of credit for it. So, so I think you know that that's a really good news for the market. Here. So, so you think maybe today, uh, you know, looking looking at what's going to happen here. Uh, Yi Gong is back for another term, which is a surprise. I mean, I don't think that was priced into the market because people were expecting some turnover if, yeah. if companies can show they don't have that much exposure to SVP. And Catherine, I know I know you've got some views on, uh, you know, the Chinese government support for innovation and tech companies. I mean, when you put all these three together, could it actually be a good day for, you know, the markets on this side of the world? Well, I don't think you can avoid what, you know, the global sort of volatility and sentiment and, and risk reward off or on. But when you look at the Chinese mainland market, so A shares in particular, they're the least correlated to the SMP. And, you know, again, when we go back to the drivers of the continued recovery in China, and yes, we've taken a bit of a breather. We very much had the beta rally following the reopening or the pivot towards uh, the country reopening. It's very much going to be an alpha rec recovery or rally going forward. But when you look at the drivers of China, and, you know, again, the, the positions that were just announced in terms of the senior government officials, the consumption story really is so strong. You have household savings rates at 35%. Again, inflation is benign, hovering around 2%. So you don't, we don't think we're going to see those inflationary pressures like we saw in many other economies when you did see that reopening up. And then very, very positively, this push towards the state-owned enterprises, really returning capital to shareholders. So the focus on ROE and, and almost the SOEs having KPIs, that's a really, really, really strong story. I've been, talk, I've been talking about tech a lot, but uh, un underlying tech and the ability to use it, of course, are the telcos. Have you, have you got anything to, any, any views on that? Yeah, I mean, the telcos, when you look at the towers that have been built, 5G towers, it's expecting that 2.9 million would have been built by this year. So 600,000 alone to be constructed this year, a push on 6G R&D. And so that focus on technology, now some of this could stem from some of the, uh, you know, tensions we're seeing between the U.S. and China, especially from a tech perspective. But again, the policy that came out of the NPC was this focus on innovation, and, and that's here to stay. Okay. How Hong, uh, what, what other situations are you looking at around the region? I mean, uh, you know, coming back to SVP, the, the Korean uh, Minister of Finance uh, held an all-hands-on-deck meeting about the SVP. But, I mean, are there, are there other situations that we yeah. should be looking at? Yeah, well, I think, you know, Chinese, uh, the Chinese state has been focused, you know, as uh, Cashin suggests. Um, and I think recently, if you look at, you know, what's going on in Hong Kong market, right, so there's this structural rally, even though the overall market is very weak uh, in Hong Kong, but I think, you know, the, the Chinese names, uh, the Chinese SOE names, for example, China Telecom, China Mobile, uh, PetroChina, these kind of names is moving very uh, strongly. Uh, I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons is, you know, as uh, Catherine suggested, you know, uh, I think the government is trying to get the SOE to refocus uh, on, uh, on ROE return on equity uh, to make it more shareholder friendly and also, you know, focus on uh, uh, dividend payout from the cash flow they have. Uh, and also returning capital to shareholders. And I think all in all, you know, this is a, a very nice uh, change in focus. You know, in, in, in the past, the SOEs had uh, the social responsibilities of, you know, providing uh, employment life for the Chinese economy. But I think now, you know, the, uh, the, fo the focus is uh, shifted to, you know, being more efficient and also more shareholder friendly. And I think as a, as a result, you know, many of these uh, Chinese SOEs 
strongly, and we think that the trend should continue because uh, uh, the, the shifting of focus has just started. Mm. And do you, you know? Last week we had a lot of talk about uh, special uh, investment vehicles at the municipal level. Do you have any concerns about uh, potential funding problems at the municipal level, uh, where where local governments might have overextended yeah. themselves? Yeah, that is one of the risks that we have to say. You know, we're investing in China this year, right? So because after three years of pandemic, uh, local local governments have spent a huge amount of money, right, on on fighting the virus, and, and therefore you know, burned a huge hole uh, in their budget. So I think this year, um, uh, not surprisingly, they, they, they're finding themselves in a, a very difficult situation and finding it difficult to have money uh, to do infrastructure investments. So I think it remains to be seen. I think in, in 2011, there was a, a local government debt sort of uh, a crisis and, uh, and China managed to sort of maneuver around it. And I think this time, it shouldn't be a surprise to see, you know, after much sort of maneuver, struggle, you know, China sort of mother through uh, this mess. Okay, well, you guys have done a great job at uh, giving us some, maybe maybe bringing a little bit of calm to us today. <laughs> and what I think is still going to be a heady day for news. Rarely on a Monday am I looking, uh, you know, at the headlines so closely, minute to minute, as we prepare for the show. Uh, so I want to thank you guys for bringing some of that calm and some, some broader perspective. Uh, that's uh, Catherine Young, Investment Director here at Fidelity International, and Hao Hong, Chief uh, Economist at Grow Investment Group.